It's mainly clear in minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Expect some easing in provincial health measures this new year. The province is relaxing isolation requirements for those who are fully vaccinated and test positive for COVID-19. The move is meant to minimize the impact of the Omicron variant on Alberta's labor force, which is facing staffing shortages due to isolation requirements. Starting Monday, if you are fully vaccinated and test positive for the virus, the mandatory isolation period will be reduced from 10 days to 5. For unvaccinated people, the isolation period is still 10 days, and people who only need to isolate for 5 are still required to wear a mask at all times in public spaces until the 10 days are up. COVID's pub- or Quebec's public health restrictions are raising some questions. Details next, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. The earlier collision in the northwest on Stony Trail and 14th Street has cleared. Also in the northwest, a water main break has eastbound 64th Ave closed between Hunts Crescent and Norfolk Drive. And two-way traffic is in place in the westbound lane. A message from the Canadian Blood Services. There's an immediate need for blood. There are thousands of open appointments across Canada to fill this month. Book now at blood.ca. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association ushered in the new year with a condemnation of Quebec's far-reaching public health restrictions, in particular its overnight curfew. The group's Cara Zibel says the curfew empowers police to stop and question individuals simply for being outdoors between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. She adds that kind of police stop usually hits on racialized individuals and other marginalized groups harder. Quebec reported 17,122 new COVID-19 cases Saturday, its fifth straight day of confirming a record number of infections. BC farmers have been battling another environmental challenge with extreme cold and snow coming on the heels of historic flooding. Guggen Kak, a third-generation vegetable and berry farmer, says his family was grateful they could still harvest produce from a few fields in Chilliwack after their main property in Abbotsford was damaged in the floods. But he says that stopped too when temperatures dipped to new depths. Uh, it sucks because it, it's kind of like a, a double whammy, literally. Like uh, even though they they did escape the flood, it just we still can't harvest them. So it's pretty. Uh, it's it's been a tough couple months here. In a New Year's statement, Premier John Horgan says 2021 was an exceptionally challenging year in BC, citing record-setting droughts, heat waves, floods, and mudslides. Egyptian officials are pushing for Israel and Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip to rein in hostilities and adhere to a ceasefire in place since the war in May. The Egyptian efforts on Sunday come a day after Hamas militants launched rockets into the Mediterranean Sea off central Israel, prompting Israel to carry out airstrikes on militant positions in the Gaza Strip. Egyptian officials are calling on Hamas and other Palestinian Palestinian militant groups in Gaza to stop their actions seen by Israel as provocative and for Israel to accelerate arrangements agreed upon as part of the ceasefire. Taking a look at sports, the visiting St. Louis Blues defeated the Minnesota Wild 6-4 last night in the coldest outdoor game in NHL history. The official face-off temperature was minus 21 Celsius for the Winter Classic. In other NHL action, the Calgary Flames are in Chicago tonight to take on the Blackhawks. That game starts at 5, and the Jets play for the first time in two weeks when they face the Golden Knights. 
Global news sky tracker weather, mainly sunny in one degree with wind gusts up to 80 kilometers per hour this morning. The temperature will drop to minus eight later in the day with a wind chill of minus 16. Partly cloudy overnight and a low of minus 18. Cloudy tomorrow with a low of minus 23. It's minus one at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And is this working right, Gord? I got a bit of a echo. I hear myself. Anyways, I'm not too sure if this is working, Gord. Are you there? Anyways, I'm going to carry on like it is. Um, just want to say happy new year to everybody. And it's uh, a great year. We had uh, 2021. A little different. But for all of us gardeners, once you get out in the garden, it doesn't matter where you're at or what's going on here. Um, keep hearing that thing in my ear. I don't know what's going on, if it's working. Anyways, hopefully this will be a different start to uh, to the to the year. Um, and uh, hope and uh, we can. All excel. We have some ideas here. I'm going to bring Jen on the line, and Jen is from Spruce It Up Garden Center. Here I am, and she's going to join. Me. Good morning, Jen. Hi. Good morning, Merle. I don't hear an echo, so okay. you're good on our end. I'm not too sure what's going on. I just hear myself <laughs> the whole thing, and it. Son of Gord, if you Sorry. can adjust something, um, yeah. maybe turn off the feed to my headphones um so jen hello happy, happy new, new year, year to you <laughs> thanks merle and uh, the team at spruce it up has taken a couple of days off three days so mm-hmm. one more day today off for the team yep gotta rest up get ready absolutely it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year we have a lot of we have a lot of exciting things planned down at spruce it up we do yeah yeah Starting, i don't know are you gonna drop any I mean, and we we talked about the newsletter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Whisper. We haven't talked. We never. We never. Yeah, the team these, is starting. So, yeah, what you guys are doing a newsletter. That's right. So you can sign up for that on our That's website. Exciting. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're all excited to kind of put some tips in, make it so that it's not overwhelming. You know, we're not going to spam anybody. You have to sign up to get it. So. Um, so it'll be really exciting to look at and see what's going on. We have a lot of obviously divisions here with Spruce. So from prune it up and landscape and and on. Absolutely. And the prune it up boys are out this morning. They're trying to beat some of the good weather or get some yeah. of the good weather today. Yeah. So they uh, they came in on a Sunday and probably end up taking the day off during the week when it's kind of crappy out so they can uh, get out there. And they're going to be at some people's yards today doing some pruning, which awesome. is nice. Yep. And uh, so big shout out to to Mark and the boys out there um, up early on a Sunday morning. And uh, so good, good at it. And yeah, that's dedication. Hey, absolutely. No, they run a really good crew. I'm very proud of those guys. They, they work very hard. Oh. I just, I just, I'm going to get Gord to, I'm going to take a quick break and to see if I can get this headphone thing figured out my i keep getting everything coming back into my ear and i can't do it it's hard sounds good all right we're gonna take a quick break you're listening to 
Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we have everything fixed. We rebooted into 2022, and I must not forget that Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Kyrie's trusted year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And who has you covered in the greenhouse is Jen. <laughs> Good morning, Jen. Oh, we're ready. We got it. It sounds yeah. I can hear the flow in your voice now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just so hard, you know, when you talk and you hear the exact same words, probably what everyone deals with when they talk to me, they just hear, <laughs> I know what they deal with, so it's No, I get tough. it. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. So, or all fixed up. Good. So if anybody, Jen's going to hang with me today and we're going to chat, we got a bunch of uh, different things that we're going to talk about this morning, but if you'd like to join us, phone lines and text line are wide open, 403 nine seven four eight two five five that is the talk and text line or if you are calling from out of town it's toll free at one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero so uh here we go into two thousand twenty two Jen and go. uh spruce it up you guys are we're we're starting up a newsletter we're gonna we're kind of just sort of seeing what this the COVID thing's doing for here, but we want to start uh, some workshops and classes. Mm -hmm. So I think we're just going to go ahead and, and start scheduling those. It's <laughs> it's looking fairly promising, I think, Good. from what you kind of hear. Depends what channel you look on. But anyways, <laughs> I look on the optimistic one is where I'm going to look from now on. And yep. then that way, it's it's always turns out a little bit better. Good, <laughs> Good strategy, Merle. <laughs> just change the I channel, like eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like the the easy button, right? Just, yeah, just hit the easy button. <laughs> then we're good. Yeah, so, no, I think that's great. So when you you're sitting in your living room there and you, you're covered and you got your jungle going on, I've seen some pictures of your mm -hmm. of your living room with all the plants. So what what do you what do you what, what were you contemplating yesterday morning when you're looking in your in your living room with sitting there with your plants? What do you? Oh. And, oh. <laughs> Well, um, you know, what am I going to buy more of? Um, how are my, my, you know what? I've been really lucky with my plants lately because um, last year I was really dealing with fungus gnats. And I know we talk about this one a lot and, and customers yep. talk about it a lot too. So I've been noticing that I, I, you know, knock on wood, I don't have any fungus gnats right now. I saw one little guy last night and, and I got him. But um, yeah, so that's really cool. And I've been paying attention to that with my plants right now. Um, and I, you know, my plants range from, you know, succulents, cacti all the way over to, um, my prayer plant that I was watering this morning, actually, um, bottom watering for that guy. And, uh, yeah, I took care of my Adansonii, that, um, Swiss cheese plant. I got it from yeah. here and it's the one that was growing up that the pool, it's quite tall. And so I, uh, I took care of him, trimmed him down that, that he just doesn't stop growing. So, um, yeah. But this is the kind of time of year to do that though, where you can... You can mm -hmm. look at – and you're probably going to see some bugs. Like this time of year is sort of when a lot of the bugs are starting to to get – and you're going to get bugs, but it doesn't yeah. mean that the plant is bad or diseased or – it's. but and we're going to try and give you some solutions. And one that works really well is actually the pure spray green. It's, yeah. it's a pharmaceutical-grade mineral oil. It covers almost most of your common plant or common pest that mm -hmm. will infect your house plants. Absolutely. Sort of like scale, and uh, and scale is it's a hard one to to d 
decipher. And if you if you leave it, it, it it'll take over, and it can cause a lot of damage. Also, your plants just start looking like everything's sucking the energy out yes, of them. Literally, yeah, that's exactly what's happening too with the scale. And if you catch scale early enough, you know, just I don't know, we you can just flick them off or pick them off too. It's kind of gross, but it's what you got to do. You love your plants, and you spent the money on them too. And so, uh, if you can catch it early, then you should be you you should be good. Yeah, some that works really good too. Is even if you get a good little like a a little bit like those terry cloths, mm-hmm. and then the even if you ones. cut them into yeah, cut yep. them into a little a couple sections, and then you dip that in the pure spray green, and then you can just even rub your leaves with it. Oh, absolutely, it's not abrasive enough to cause any damage but it'll take the i was out scrubbing our willows two years ago i remember i had them we had them on some of our willows mm-hmm. i just had a bucket i was spraying them out there with a with a cloth i'm scrubbing the branches i'm sure people are looking at me, what are you doing i'm just i was just trying to get rid of off the scale because it it's hard and you'll see mm-hmm. like sometimes the city guys will be out there actually have a pressure washer but i'm always leery of that you get someone who's just a little bit aggressive with it you can sure. cause some damage to mm-hmm. your tree yeah. So you got to no. be careful. It's very true. And the pure spray green, coming back to that too, it's great for preventative. I mean, I wouldn't use it all the time because it is an oil. So you're going to coat the leaves and you don't want to be doing that. But you can use it periodically as a preventative. Um, and it makes the plants look nice too. And it's a great opportunity to get in there and look at your plants, look down the stem, you know, where it kind of meets the other, the main stem, look underneath the leaves. It's a great way you to know, spend time. And that's typically where they go, right? Like they mm-hmm. go in those little crevices. A lot of times where the new growth is coming, that's where you'll see the mealy bugs. The mealy bugs like to get in those little cracks and oh, crevices. Those buggers. Yeah. They, yeah. So uh, what's a what's a what's a mealy bug? So if someone's looking at it, um, mm-hmm. and they they see this. What what are they looking for if you're looking for a mealy bug? That's a great question. Um, I did find a mealy bug on one of my plants at home, um, and I sent it to my daughter, and I said, "You need to look at this." And it looks like a white. It could even look like a little bit of perlite, um, but they're a little bit flatter. They're kind of fuzzy, and they do have little antenna as well. If you can, I, I'm a little bit older, so I need a magnifying glass to actually see properly for those guys. But that's kind of what they look like. It's sort of this small, fuzzy, cottony-looking thing. Um, yeah, and exactly what you said, kind of in the crevices, those guys. And they actually can live on hard surfaces, and they don't mind living on hard surfaces as well. So if you happen to have some mealies in your plant, we always remind people, look underneath your pot, look underneath the little edges of the pot, you know, around the um, the border of it sort of thing. So they like to hide in there too. Yeah, and, and so the Pierce Green will work on mealy bug as well. Mm-hmm. And we yep. also have a product called Dr. Doom. And it's actually one that's pretty good. I, I, Lisa was kind of excited. I gave that to her and Jess. I think you were off. Were you there when I gave <laughs> no, the can of that? They go oh, no. they go running back into the greenhouse. Look how we get. <laughs> and they're they're gonna go. I think they spotted a mealybug, so they're going. They're gonna go get them. So awesome. Uh, yeah, um, because it is. I know you and I and I do see that in the care. But we still you get the odd bug, and you're gonna get when your plants are healthy. It happens. You, yeah, you're going to get a bug and yeah. and you're going to deal with it. Um, so the Dr. Doom is a good one for a lot of the house plants. Pure Spray Green. Um, so I'm just going to go through. We have the sort of the common house um, plant pests that really tend to come after what we get in Calgary mm-hmm. for the most part. So we, we've covered the scale, mealybugs, and then aphids. Aphids, our favorite. Yes. Right, wouldn't you so say? So what do you yeah. – what's <laughs> – yeah, they love the they love that tender new growth. So these are these tiny, and they can be multiple colors depending mm-hmm. on. Yes, 
Yeah. There's red ones. There's green ones. There's white. Purple. I've seen on yep. the podocarpus. I've seen them. Yeah, like a purpley color. So it depends yeah. on a lot of times too what pigment they're sucking out of the of the plant too. Sometimes they'll change to that color as well. Mm-hmm. So on some of your nine barks, you'll see sort of a bright purple outside if they're on the end of your nine barks. So again, pure spray green. Um, but with aphids and even the mealybugs when they're laying eggs, you need to do it that every five days for three cycles. So you, what you yeah. want to do is spray them. So if you sprayed them today, you'd spray them again on Thursday and then again in five days. And that typically will break the cycle of of a lot of these bugs. So uh-huh. and and that's the important. If you just spray it once and and think it's good, you're probably not. Um, <laughs> you're probably <laughs> well, not they probably laid, Yeah, they probably laid some eggs, and those ones are going to come. So you got to do the cycle. Yeah. And then and and it's a good way, like you were saying, though. I like that when you mentioned, like it's a good way to get to know your plant a bit more, get in there, give it a little True. tidy up. Dust it off, mm-hmm. and this is a good annual event. Like right now, is a good day to dust your plants off. Like it's true that, for sure. It blocks all their breathing spore, like pores and that on the leaf and that. So you, you definitely want to do that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think people, um, and I think they'll thank themselves after too because the plants will they'll grow better as well. They just will, and then you're you're caring more for it. Aphids, don't forget, Merle, too, we always talk about water and just, especially in the summertime, you can just blast yep. them, blast them yep. right off. Just use your hose. Yeah. Yep. Or if you have a sink with a detachable thing that you can take your, your pot into the sink if it's small enough. Yeah. Um, take it out there, give it a spray, um, just hose it off or into the shower or whatever. If you have a thing that you can remove the, the nozzle off, give it a good spray that way and, yeah. uh, and you can water it as well. Yep. Yeah, and so the next one is always one that I love is the the white fly. <laughs> you love. I don't have a lot of experience with white fly, and I, even working here in the garden center and and with customers, and then with myself, I don't I don't have a lot of experience. The, so the only reason I love it is it just it takes me back to when I was like um, a young, is working at Sunnyside, yeah, and I'd be in the back with Gore Jensen. And uh, he was a character. He was a funny guy. Mm. It was it was at his funeral. I never left a funeral where my stomach hurt so much from laughing. Really? Um, they they was like a roast. Like him and his buddies. Like they're all characters. Like these guys could have been reality TV. And it was so much fun. Like we like, yeah. and that's how Gord would want to to gone out with a bang. And but he was always. He'd flick his cigarette. I've told this story a few times on here. He'd flick his cigarette. Merle, you got white fly on your plants. Because oh, <laughs> okay. that's kind of what they can look like when they fly, like a little ash. Yep. So, he, so whenever I think of white fly, I always still think of Gord Jensen. So uh, still think Aww. about you here, Gordo, once in a while when I, when I hear about flight fly, it sort of gives you that, <laughs> that memory. Funny. Yeah, yep. it is, and and if you got to know Grant, so Gord, like I said, uh, quite a character, and uh, and I, I still treasure my time and uh, and uh, learning a lot about plants with Gord, and uh, so lots of fun back in the day. So, yeah. um, so white fly, white um, fly. what they they will, um, the Doctor Doom will look after them as well as well as Pure Spray Green, but also instead of the yellow stickies, they go after the blue stickies. Oh, so. If you if you get some blue paper and you want to put some tango foot paste or something on there, 
Um, or if you get the blue ones, that's more for the white fly. Hmm. The yellow is for fungus gnats and different mm-hmm. ones, but the blue is is for the white fly. I didn't so. know that. That's cool. See? Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> but so go back to the Dr. Doom, though. So because I think I maybe used that once since I've worked yeah. here. And and, 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 uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And maybe at the break there, you can maybe whip downstairs and grab a, a Jen has gone into the store today. She's, they were not open, but she went in because she has a lot better reception mm-hmm. and uh, able to chat with me for longer without too much issue. But maybe, and just take a look, there's two kinds. And we have the one that uh, it, it looks after like 20 bugs, it says on the outside. Okay. And a lot of it is, um, um, I wish, chrysanthemum based. So oh, okay. they're gr- yeah, so maybe when you go down, you can grab that after the break. We'll, when we'll touch on that a bit more when you, if you have the can in front of you. Okay. And uh, we're going to go. We got also, so from white flies, we got red spider mites. Yes. Nasty yeah. little biggers. They are, and they're the same thing. Um, they tend to get in the crooks or underneath the leaves, and you see, you see the webbing kind of in there, and they're tiny, tiny, tiny red Spiders, you can see them. Even I can see them with my <laughs> my older eyes. But I, I mean, they like the dry as well. So often, if you're misting or taking care of the humidity in your home, that can help keep those guys away. You know, but same blood, same treatment. Like you said, if you could hose For them sure. off, that does help. Yeah. Um, the Pierce Red Green, um, Doctor Doom works as well. So on those, and then the one that you mentioned at the beginning, the fungus gnats. Mm-hmm. Good old fungus gnats. Yep. And and most time they're caused by too much water. Right. Um, typically, it's one cause with uh, just loving them too much, giving them too much of a of a good thing, and then your soil just doesn't dry out, and that creates that breeding ground and that mm-hmm. organic matter in your soil, mm-hmm. and then you end up with those little flies flying around. And and we we have the mosquito dunks in a in a single bag. We've separated yeah. them out, and we put a little instruction thing where you can make your fungus snack tea yeah. to get rid of them. <laughs> it really works. Really, really well. It's, uh, yeah, I took Jess's advice. Jessica works with us downstairs, and I kept it in there seeping all the time. So I pour out my water, and then I just fill up my watering can, and I leave that dunk in there. And uh, I, I like to tell customers, because it's true, it cut down my, my fungus gnats by, I would say, 80%. Okay, so you water with it all the time? or just? Yep. Yeah, you can, because it's a bacteria. It's not harmful. And um, I haven't lately, because I haven't needed to. But when I was, when I was using it uh, earlier this in 2021, I guess, already. Oh my gosh. Last year. Already yeah. a year ago. No, last year. A whole year ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I noticed I, like one dunk lasted me three months for starters. And then, it. yeah, I just used that dunk. And honestly, I haven't looked back. I haven't even used another one because I haven't needed to. Awesome. Yeah. And then the last one is the thrips. Mm-hmm. And this is a tiny, tiny, looks like the head of a needle. And it gets in that new growth, too. And again, usually you don't see it until the damage starts on your plant. You'll yeah. see it sucking the the nutrients out of your leaves. You'll see little brown spots. Again, Pure Spray Green and the Dr. Doom will look after that as well. And Gord, the Dr. Doom commercial guy, is going to uh, tell me we got to go here right away. <laughs> so oh. we're going to take a quick break. And when, when we return, we'll continue on. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
It's sunny and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Starting tomorrow, fully vaccinated Albertans who test positive for COVID-19 will only have to isolate for five days, down from 10. Unvaccinated people will still have to isolate for 10 days. Meanwhile, the Canadian Civil Liberties Association ushered in the new year with a condemnation of Quebec's far-reaching public health restrictions, in particular its overnight curfew. The group's Kara Zwibble says the curfew empowers police to stop and question individuals simply for being outdoors between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Officials in Colorado are investigating the cause of Thursday's wildfire that left thousands homeless. Authorities initially believed power lines were to blame, but now they say they're looking at other possible causes. Sunny in one degree, cooling to minus 8 this afternoon, cloudy and minus 18 overnight, minus 23 tomorrow. It's zero. Breaking news when it happens. Our next news at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm joined by Jen Lemire from down at Spruce It Up in the hello, greenhouse. Hello. Hey, Jen. And we got a text. I just sent you a picture and um, from Angela. It says, good morning, Merle. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, as well, Angela. I have a question about one of our larger indoor plants. The leaves are turning light yellowish-brown edges at various parts of the leaves. Is this normal and of the plant to prune off or something wrong. We've had it for about 15 years. Well, Angela, oh. the one, the only one, the one leaf I'm kind of concerned about is the one that looks like a new leaf that went really light green. Um, and you are getting some buildup on the edges. And sometimes that is hard water, like salt buildup. Um, so it might need to get transplanted or a really good flushing as well. So that's where you take it into the sink, um, fill it up, and just let the water pour out the bottom and hopefully it has drainage holes. Cause that's a big, I think that is, it's a type of philodendron, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yep. And, uh, what is the name of it? It starts with an S, isn't it? Um, do you think it starts with an S? I was like Xanadu. Is that what you're thinking of? No, I was thinking nope. not, not Syngonium, oh, but it's something. Um, so, so, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. To say it in case I'm saying it wrong. Like S E L L O U M. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say that, Merle? Selonium. So, uh, I'm not too sure. You can't make extra letters in it. I just I know it, everybody knows that after two syllables anything goes for me. So <laughs> I just fair enough. Fair enough. It's not my forte. So so Angela, what I would do is probably take that, give it a really good flushing, and if it hasn't been transplanted, like I said it in your pictures. I don't see anything of the pot. Um, I'm just thinking it might need a transplanting um, as well. So get it in and uh, so give it a good water. And we're going to go through a transplanting little segment here later on in the show. And then also, if you follow us on social media, we're going to be having, um, we're going to do a bunch of posts about, tests and treatments throughout the week here sort of january is going to be our big info month on our social media trying Fine. to get in a bunch of uh information out to everybody and all the listeners and people who follow us on on the social media platforms so awesome. um yeah so right now we're gonna go we have doug on the line he's gonna join us good morning doug 
Merle, happy new hey, year. Hey, how are you? Very happy well, new year thanks. to you as well. Well, thank you kindly. This is yeah. this is Doug the Ab guy. I've spoke to you a few times over the years. We've had a Absolutely. few Absolutely. But but uh, a couple things on bugs outside ones. I know we've had a couple of sort of cold winters, the last couple, you know, cold spells and it seems like it kicked out a lot of the uh, red lily beetles. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. We did. We definitely didn't have as much, um, and especially on the on the gardening show, I I barely had any calls on it. So I, I do agree with that. So hopefully, they they have been kicked in the butt and send them back to wherever they came from. <laughs> well, I think I think the year before I had zero, and I think this year I had one sort of late in the season, but. And they, uh, they're just nasty, though, too, eh? Because they just, all of a sudden, your lilies are sitting there, they're gorgeous, and then with the, almost overnight or two nights, just, like, they just look decimated. Like, they just get in there and just suck everything out of it. Exactly. And and I think, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I called, and you, I'm not sure who your other guest was at the time, and I said, actually, they, if you have frittle area in your garden, they will walk over the lilies to get to the frittle area. Oh. And, oh. Absolutely, that's where that's where I catch most of them. But anyway, hopefully. when you use that sort of as a trap, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, see, the squirrels have dug up all my uh, lily bulbs over the last three or four years. Anyway, so I've sort of given up on uh, on the lilies. Um, and and, uh, and uh, so, just a little reminder, Doug, he has the. You did the. You you tell me about the Ant Hotel, correct? The Ant Hotel. That's right. It's not for so, people that want to save all the critters on the planet. I don't kill them. I just uh, relocate them. I was I was joking. You could drop them <laughs> off at your favorite neighbor or somebody that's maybe hasn't been so nice to you. You could drop off a pot of ants to them. Well, but you can actually have some fun with it too, Gord. Couldn't you do it? I mean, Doug, um, you could do it with a uh, – if you could get a clear pot or some sort or cut a window into a couple pots and maybe even have an ant farm. Well, you know what? You could do that. Hmm. Absolutely. So, do you want to do you want to maybe just give a quick description of of how your ant hotel works? Well, what I do is, you know, most of us have uh, old uh, annual pots from the year before that are dried out and dead, and all I do is take one of those with soil in it and sort of uh, put you know put the, the bottom of the of the plastic pot with the hole in it. I put it over the hole in the ground where the ants come come in and out. And eventually, it might take a week or two. They'll they'll move up inside the pot, and you know you have to you have to put a lid over it to keep the moisture out and the sunshine out because they prefer it to be dark. So you keep a, a heavy lid on it, and you know a week two weeks later, lift the lid, and you'll see there's ants in there, and they'll bring the eggs up into the top. And when you figure there's enough, you have a plastic bag ready and empty the empty the dirt into the bag, and uh, there they go. Awesome, but you, you no, and that's to, a yeah. good natural way of getting rid of them. And it, and like you said, even if you relocate the ants, because ants are good, they're good for soil and they're good for certain things, right? They eat the aphids oh, and different things and, too. And so, after all the years, Merle, I've had no complaints of them living at the landfill site, so it must be yeah. working out for them. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they help aerate it out there. And it is well, thanks, Gord, and uh, all the best to you in two thousand twenty-two. And Sam, and actually, one one last question that actually sure. was the reason I phoned in was last fall uh, or last summer I bought a couple of Diplodenia, and they okay. ended up being probably the nicest annual I have ever bought. 
But that said, I know they don't like cold weather, and I know you can bring them indoors. So in September, I brought both of them in. And not a word of lie, they probably each had 100 blossoms on them when I brought them in. Well, it took about two or three weeks, and the blossoms started dying, and the leaves started drying up. And I was just wondering if there's anything I can do. Well, they're used as a houseplant quite a bit, Um, like the the mandevilla. Um, They can be used as houseplants. Um, So... Um, when you do, if you do want to bring them in, a lot of times they're grown on rings or different things, and you'll see them throughout the winter time um, as a house plant. So, okay, and, and is there anything special I have to do to it? Just I mean, watch. They love the spider mites, love them. So just keep an eye on that, on the bugs. Any of those really shiny, really nourished-looking leaves, um, bugs tend to like them, especially when you're moving them from outside to inside. So it's good to give them a good shot of the pure spray green or the Dr. Doom. And uh, and that typically will clean them up. But they're great. Put them in a nice sunny spot, fertilize them with the 15-30-15, and you can have a great houseplant. Like they're similar to like that or a bougainvillea. Like, great houseplants. Awesome. awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah, I see I see on the you know, the long runners that are coming out, the leaves are you know, leaves are starting to come through where the old leaves died off. Yep, so, so this is like a twenty twenty twenty. On there, some of that, 15, 30, 15, works good. Just a good, well-balanced fertilizer should be good. Awesome. I appreciate that. All right. All the best. Thanks, Doug. Same, Bye, Doug. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I did get a picture from Angela oh. um, on her pot, and it definitely does need to get transplanted. So, Angela, so I would probably move, instead of moving it a bunch of times, I would take that and put it into, like, a... Um, 24 inch, um, 36 inch pot, move it into a good size pot. Um, and then that way you, you're going to be able to give it lots of nourishment. It's just running out of, of nourishment in that pot. Cause you look at the size of the foliage that you have, Angela, that thing, it just needs some, it just needs a little bit more soil. And then if you transplant into a bigger pot that you'll be good for like five or eight years, uh, and you'll be totally fine, and your plant will thank you, and uh, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> um, we're good to go. we got to take a quick break, Jen. Um, and when we get back, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I have Jen Lemire with me here. And Hello. if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Uh, so, Jen, I just sent you a text. Um, this this oh. texture has a couple houseplants, mm-hmm. and they're neither thriving or dying. <laughs> um, but they do look <laughs> the like word. they're just, yeah, they're kind of... Just sitting in the pot. Yeah, and that's, that's, I don't know, Marilyn, and just looking at the one on the left, I said to you, I wasn't sure, but I'm wondering if that's a cyclamen. Yeah, it um, looks like a cyclamen, and they're tough to, to get. Once they go through their blooming time, they do their thing, it's really hard to get them to go back um, to their glory days. Like They just, <laughs> they always end up looking a little ratty. Yeah. Like once they're they're so like a pot mum, like when you get those gar- like those pot mums, and you get one in the house, and you have it. It just—it's really hard to get it back to to ever look 
that good again. I find that with the cyclamen as well. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a peperonia. Peperomia? I I believe so. It's, it's yeah. I believe that's what that is. Yes. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's when people are sending in photos to, it's really helpful to know sort of what, you know, the whole context of it. I mean, that's hard to do, right? And when you're trying to be simple and just get something across, but you know, is there drainage in the pot? And it's, it's always good to have all the information so that we can make the best assessment and then offer well, that, right? Yeah. So in the picture um, that you sent us, the one on the right, the pepperonia, to me, I agree. I, to me, when I'm looking at it, it looks like it's in a pot with no drainage. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I would say I would probably just transplant it and 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 there's some rocks or something in the soil. I'd probably just clean that out, get some nice potting soil, plant it in. It looks like it's not planted deep enough to. I'd plant it a little bit deeper and uh, and just some nice potting soil. And that one, they make great house plants. Like they can just continue mm-hmm. on. Uh, and it doesn't need to be misted, just... The fertilizer sort of once a month um, is lots. The cyclamen, I think I would just probably toss it. You could troll, you could just keep it as a house plant if you like it, but they typically, like I said, they're they're not gonna really ever come back to do anything great again. Actually, and I, I maybe I, I'll look up some research on how if you can revitalize your your cyclamen mm. or if anybody has any tips on that. I've just never ever done that, so. <laughs> no, it can be. They can be a little bit challenging, even when they have their blossoms. But I know this. Um, I'm not sure who this is who sent in the text, but it does say that the sunny room is quite cool. That can be a factor <laughs> as well with some plants, depending on what your version of cool is. You know, with drafts and whatnot. I know some plants really have a hard time with that, so that could be something. Yeah, they just well. don't dry out too, right? Especially in the winter yeah. with the short days, the cool. So both those plants do prefer. Actually, the cyclamen could do the cool. Um, but the pepperoni, it, it prefers to be in a warmer location, a little brighter, and I think you'll see it uh, do a little bit better for you. So Start with that, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I got another text here. We're just going to do a couple of texts, and then we'll go to to Marguerite. And uh, she has called us. And this this person on the text, I got a bonsai tree for Christmas that I think it got shocked by the cold in transport. Mm. The leaves are all dropping now. We did the immersion soak on the first day, how do I get it to survive? First of all, I'm just wondering, is it the evergreen bonsai or the the one with the leaves? The ficus. Um, yeah, the ficus. Because mm-hmm. typically, if it did, it will bounce back. Like the ficus, you can move them the wrong way and they'll just look <laughs> at you and drop all their leaves and say, yep. enough with you. It's true. Um, um, so those ones just got to get in a good, consistent spot, nice, sunny, warm location, and uh, it will relief out. Again, just fertilize it with a 20-20-20 and, and just uh, do that submersion thing, sort of, depending on where it is and how often it's dry. Just in between, whenever it's dry, soak it like that. That's great. And then you should be good to go. <laughs> but ficus, they will yeah. do that, hey, Jen? Oh, for sure. Oh, gosh. I, I was scared when I first started working here with our some of our variegated hanging basket ficus when we would move them in the greenhouse. Yeah. They, they dropped their leaves just because they didn't like it. But I was amazed because the leaves just pop right back out again in time, but they do. It's, the plant's not dead at all. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay. And then I got one more question here from another texter. Does our plant soil have anything to do with the flies? Uh, I would say yes. If you have sort of a like a really organic soil that holds lots of moisture, 
you're going to mm-hmm. get more fungus gnats. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, it's, uh, I tell customers, too, and for myself, I've noticed that they're not necessarily in every single pot either. Um, you know, I, it depends on how many plants you have, I suppose. But if you pay attention, yeah. you'll see to which ones they're going into and kind of hovering around the edges. And I'm telling you, I had glasses of wine after glasses of wine studying these guys at my house with my vacuum. And anyway, that's too much information. But anyhow, they will usually yeah. just hover around, you know, certain pots. So just stay tuned, and you know you don't necessarily have to go over and after get the get the get the mosquito dunk tea going, and then you'll be 100%. good to go. Yeah, absolutely. And we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And we're going to go to the phone lines, and we got Marguerite on the line. Good morning, Marguerite. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year to you. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I uh, have a lemon tree, Merle, that my okay. daughters bought at your place in September for my birthday, which I was very happy about. But it's losing its blooms. It, they kind of dry and drop off, so what am I doing wrong? Jen, do you want to give any Which, advice on this one? Was that a lemon, on a lemon tree? Yes. Oh, it's losing its blooms. Well, I thought that we had talked about that, Merle, and we were going to dig into that one. Um, yeah, we're going to. Actually, I'm looking at getting the citrus, but I did do a little bit. They go into a dormant stage. Like if it got dry, is one thing. <clears throat> I did, I, I'm pretty careful. I'll stick my finger down into as, as low as as low as it'll go in the pot. And if it's very, if it's barely moist, I will water it. Hmm. Okay. So I try not and that, and to dry that's, it out. Yeah, and I just, and I get that about fifty percent of my blooms will fall off, mm-hmm. and and I don't know why either. And I'm it's, just <clears throat> trying to figure out the ideal if it's just the dryness or or what is going on with them if the, if it's too much water or too little water. It, it can be um, both, Merle, and it can be also a draft. So what they're doing is they want to conserve. I just pulled it up here really quick, too. They want to conserve energy, and that's why they're dropping their blooms. So it can be too little water. It can be too much water, and it could be a draft as well. So depending on what um, what your watering is like. Does it have drainage, your, your lemon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's in it the does. pot it came in. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, it could be... You know, oftentimes that's why we have um, moisture meters, etc. You don't know what's going down down lower in the pot, so it's possible that it's not getting dry enough down below, mm-hmm. and that might be what's going on. And you said you got it in September. Yeah. Yeah. And where are we now? January. Okay. And then, how long has this been happening? Well, ever since I mean, it, it's uh, yeah, ever since I got it, really. I had the mm. blues lasted; they'd stay on for quite a while, and they smell beautifully. Mm-hmm. And they dry and drop off, and I wouldn't get any. <clears throat> well, that that sort of if they're staying on, then that's to be why they're done. But they also need to be. Um, you need to help with uh, cross pollination. Right, so and when I, the, I've, try, I've just heard you talk about that quite recently, so I've started doing that. But yeah, I'm on the ins when you have them inside, a, it's in where there are a lot of plants, but it's quite cool. It's east window, and it's a cool area of upstairs. And so I wonder, is, should it not be? Is it too cold? Could be. They do like it warmer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely, if you have a warmer spot for it, it definitely will do better. 
Um, but you might lose a bit of leaves, but they do like it nice and warm, like um, typically living in Florida. <laughs> um, right. I just okay. know how well mine does. Like I have a south-facing patio when I put it outside. Yeah. It, it just it loves it. Full sun just thrives on that. Mm-hmm. So I would move it to a warmer spot in your in your home, okay? Because um, that way you're not getting the cool darkness, and then it just feels it probably can't fulfill those flowers, so it'll go through its blooming and this drops them. Because like Jen was saying too, it's using its energy for that, mm-hmm. so it, it's not burning enough energy. So you need the more sun, and that gets it all those uh, systems going. You know, like get it growing more, get it mm-hmm. using more to the energy. And then it'll bloom healthier. Okay. And how often should I fertilize it? I would say no. Once a month is lots. Okay. Even in the winter. And that, yep. And this use the thirty ten ten is great. They love that a little bit more acidic soil or fertilizer. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. And, and are the leaves right. still on, Marguerite? Just really quick. Sorry. Are the leaves still on? The leaves. Oh are yeah. Hanging? The yep. leaves awesome. look fine. Great. Awesome. My well, granddaughter has better vision than I, and she said she thinks it has a bug maybe because there were little black spots in the leaves, and so she sprayed it with pure spray green. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you can do is just get a, if you can get a magnifying glass, because if it does, it'll either have spider mite or thrip, or the two that kind of love the lemons, right. and you'll see little webbing and... And on that, so you just have to get just get a magnifying glass and get real close and to see if you can see anything up and just look in the new growth up in the on all the tips of the branches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. All right. Year. Thank Happy you. Happy New Year to you. Bye-bye. Happy bye bye. Happy New Year. Bye bye. All right, and we got to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. It's mainly sunny and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. The president of the Alberta Hospitality Association predicts the restaurant industry will see Omicron casualties in the next three months. Ernie Sue says many restaurants have been ha- having a hard time finding staff and some businesses can't keep their doors open due to those staffing shortages. What's that going to, you know, take for our industry to get back up on its feet. Um, you know, just from the last 24 months, it was going to take 26 to 28 months to get out of that those, those two years. Sue says if businesses do make it through this wave, there will be a long road ahead. Meanwhile, starting tomorrow, the province is relaxing isolation requirements for those who are fully vaccinated and test positive for COVID-19. The move is meant to minimize the impact of the Omicron variant on Alberta's labor force. If you're fully vaccinated and test positive for the virus, the mandatory isolation period will be reduced from 10 days to 5. However, you will need to wear a mask at all times in public spaces until the 10 days are up. For unvaccinated people, the isolation period is still 10 days. New research from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control says the Pfizer vaccine causes mostly mild side effects in children aged 5 to 11. The data shows much like adults, some kids reported pain at the injection site and fatigue and headaches after the second dose. The CDC says it also received reports of 11 cases of heart inflammation in this age group. The findings are based on about 8 million doses already given. 
Farmers who have been white-knuckling their way through extreme cold on the heels of damaging floods say they're hoping for more normalcy in 2022. Stan Vanderwall, president of the BC Agriculture Council, says the recent chill has increased heating costs and animal feed costs, frozen pipes, and damaged equipment. You know, of course, we think of the flooding out in the, on the prairies, and, and when you get a compounding factor, I think, you know, particularly the farmer who's affected by the compound, that can be really challenging. And I, I think specifically about the farmers in the Sumas Flats, you know, that may have buildings that are um, still struggling from the, the flood effect. In a New Year's statement, Premier John Horgan says 2021 was an exceptionally challenging year in B.C., citing record-setting droughts, heat waves, floods, and mudslides. An investigation is underway into what caused the Thursday wildfire northwest of Denver that officials say destroyed nearly 1,000 homes. Chuck Sivertson reports. Crews with cadaver dogs will search for several missing, and as far as the investigation into the Boulder County, Colorado fire... We have a number of tips we're working on. We are ex- we've executed a search warrant on one particular location. Sheriff Joe Pelly says he doesn't know what caused it. As soon as we have credible, hard information, we will be releasing it. And? The debris is hot. It's all fallen in, and it's now covered with eight inches of snow. Hampering the recovery efforts. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. Firefighters battled a blaze at South Africa's National Parliament Complex that sent a dark plume of smoke and flames into the air above the center of Cape Town. The country's Minister of Public Works and Infrastructure says the fire started on the third floor of a building that houses offices and spread to the National Assembly Building, where South Africa's Parliament sits. Fire Department spokesman Jermaine Caressi says the interior of the building is badly damaged. A cause for the early morning blaze has not been confirmed, but fire officials say no people have been injured. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames are in Chicago tonight to take on the Blackhawks. The Flames are coming off a 6-4 win over the Seattle Kraken, while the Hawks fell 6-1 to Nashville yesterday. Puck drop is at 5. Quebec politicians are meeting with National Hockey League brass this month after Premier Francois Legault professed an interest in seeing professional hockey return to Quebec City. But local fans aren't holding their breath due to a series of past disappointments and fear the government's interest represents little more than a public relations stunt. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny and 1 degree with wind gusts up to 80 kilometers per hour this morning. The temperature will drop to minus 8 later in the day with a wind chill of minus 16. Partly cloudy overnight with a low of minus 18 and a wind chill of minus 27. Mainly cloudy tomorrow, with temperatures falling to minus 23 in the afternoon and a wind chill of minus 27 in the morning and minus 35 in the afternoon. A mix of sun and cloud and minus minus 25 on Tuesday. It's zero at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and... This is the first live show for Let's Talk Gardening for 2022, and I have Jen Lemire with me as well. Good morning, Jen. Hello. How are we doing over there? We're doing pretty good. I'm, you know, sitting at the boss's desk. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I got my coffee, and I'm looking at my Dr. Doom bottle. Yeah, so what do you think of that stuff? That's, you know... So what is the active ingredient? Is it the chrysanthemum? Like, is it the... Mm-hmm. The pie reference? Yeah. Yeah. 
yep, it is. So, and then the and then the butoxide, piperonal butoxide. Okay. Yeah. So and that one's a pretty versatile insecticide. It seems to work very well. Um, so, mm-hmm. anyways, Looks which like is it. great. Yeah. Yeah. And I did have another one. I just wanted to touch base on. Where is it? It was regarding um, the leaf hoppers. I actually had someone text says, I get wheat, mm. white flies on my Virginia creeper, and nothing seems to kill them. Just destroys the plant. So I want to get ready Aww. for battle this spring. So the best <laughs> thing, to, yeah, and and that's the thing because if you if you wait for it. Um, before you know it, they've infested. So what you True. what I recommend is you start spraying about July first. Um, that's sort of when the heat of the summer starts, and and spray once a week with Pure Spray Green. Um, spray your Virginia creeper or hops or Ingham Ivy or whatever. If you have something that gets those dreaded leaf hoppers, mm-hmm. and you just want to spray them, like I said, once a week. That'll keep it at bay until about mid August. So you have to spray them probably four to six times. Um, that should keep control of it. And the nice thing about it is that the pure spray green will also control your your powdery mildew. It's a fungicide as well. So those big leaf foliage plants mm-hmm. out in your garden, like the like those uh, Virginia creeper, where sometimes either you get powdery mildew or leaf hoppers, uh, the pure spray green will look after both. Um, and then once you get past that that cycle of when they've come in and and done their thing. And sort of when you get into mid-August, they, you should be able to stop spraying, and uh, and you should be fine for the rest of the season. Awesome. But that's the only way. Like you have to do some. I'm not usually huge on preventative spraying, but on those ones to get it nice because they just they come in so fast and you don't really notice it until, like I said before, and then all your leaves are gone, and then it's really hard to get them looking good again. So it's you're just better off to do that. So uh, so if you start July first, put that on your calendar, and uh, and do that, you should be good to go. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Awesome. 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 Also, and I also got a text that says, "Hello, Merle. What was that mosquito dunk tea you mentioned for fungus that's hmm. So you maybe want to give us a quick little rundown on that, Jen. So I know you ladies down there have a it all figured out. So. <laughs> We're fans of the mosquito dunk for sure. I don't know what genius just decided to use it for indoor plants, but it's basically it's a puck designed to go in ponds outside in the summertime. So it's a bacteria that kills the larvae from the mosquitoes. And so we use them now indoors to kill the larvae of the fungus gnats. And so that's all it is. It's this little, it's a solid puck. You can break it up if you like. I didn't um, plunk it in your watering can. And like I said, mine lasted for three months. It just started breaking down. And uh, I just kept it topped up every time I, I watered my plants. And I haven't used a second one, even though I have it. Yeah. And then that yeah. way you get rid of, uh, that way you'll get rid of your fungus gnats. And uh, right at the root of the problem, like when they're mm-hmm. when they're tiny like that, so that's great. It's good um, stuff. Yeah, and then and if you come on down, like Merle said too, we have them in the single packets, so you don't have to buy a ton. And uh, we can just we can just come on over, say hi, and then we'll show you where they are, and we can chat about it. Okay. And just a reminder, we're still closed one more day. We're closed today. Yeah, just um, come down, down today. at Spruce. <laughs> yeah, and we reopen again tomorrow. Um, the team uh, has taken a well-deserved uh, extra couple of days off, 
and so uh, enjoying yeah. yeah just enjoying some time with family and pets and all yeah. that fun stuff so yeah it's good to go and here what do i got here I got a text. It says, I have started using plastic bottle caps from water bottles, milk jugs, and pop bottles. When I transplant my houseplants, they provide lots of clearance um, from the potholes and provide good drainage. That's a good idea. You put them in the bottom, um, sort of like you would rocks or something, Mm -hmm. and that gives that way the the holes don't get plugged. So that's a good idea. It's a great idea. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You want to deteriorate on you. Useful. Yep. So... And, and, we, and, and you do get some pots that don't have drainage. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple of people, different rules of thumb about some people pay, put rocks in the bottom, charcoal. I, I kind of, I've heard good and bad about both. Some people say sure. the, yeah. the rock is it. But in my mind, it, it kind of makes a bit of sense to create a little bit of, if you're just going to constantly water it, you're going to create a cesspool in there without drainage. Yeah. Um, even without the, even if you have rocks in the bottom, but if you put a little bit of rock, um, maybe even some fabric over top of that, it's just going to give that a little bit of a barrier where the water can go, and and soak back up into it. Um, but typically, you do try to get ones with pots, or you put charcoal in the bottom. What are your What are your thoughts, Jen? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Merle. I uh, I think if you're, and I know Justin and I have talked about this at length too. If you if you're going to overwater, you're going to overwater, and it doesn't matter what is in the bottom of the pot if it doesn't have drainage. Like you just said, it'll sit there. If you are pretty confident in your watering, so if a customer come on, comes in and they're brand new to to having indoor plants, I I typically steer them to a pot with a drainage hole. Um, but I always say you don't have to. It's such a personal thing, isn't it? So I, I think that if you're mindful at watering um, and you have that layer down below, I think that's totally fine. Um, but if you don't know your limit to watering, then I would suggest just getting something with drainage hole. Um, the other option too is, people do this all the time, if there's a pot that they love, it doesn't have a drainage hole, then they just buy a plastic pot with drainage, insert, you know, yep. Put the plant in that plastic pot, insert it in, and take it out and water it, and you're good to go. So there's yeah, so many and options. you can also yeah, you can just get some of that little bit of decorative moss over to cover it up to make it look nice or oh gosh, or whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, absolutely. So, but people do love. Um, we've I use the Lekka balls when I'm talking to customers, and they do want drainage. There's uh, the Lekka balls as well that we use to put down the below. Yeah, you guys said posted a picture of a plant on on instagram and that one of them was planted in right in the lecca balls mm-hmm. i think it was the the begonia maculata i think um i'd have yes. to look at that again yeah yeah absolutely i've been learning a little bit about that too i don't have any of my plants planted like that without soil um but people, i have an orchid planted in the in the ball in the and it's been huh. a, over a year and a half really? and it's still doing good Instead of using orchid soil, I use those balls, yeah. the little clay balls, and then I just put the root, the my orchid root in there, and I just and I can water, and it's really you can't overwater it almost, right? Because right. it's just those, and they they soak in like they're a porous ball, they're like a little like volcanic rock, mm-hmm. and then uh, they soak it up, but they just sort of release the humidity out into the orchid. And uh, I've had no oh, issues at all know with it. That good for you. Yeah, oh, that's pretty cool. And it looks kind of neat. Yeah, and that's what the um, you guys had some responses on your on your social media about that. So that'll be in one of our courses as well, and and some of our posts on social media will definitely have those kind of things uh, that we share with you in the new year in, the, in these slower sure. months and 
in in January. So I got quite a few texts, but I'm gonna I sent you a couple things, you and did. it is. Um, I know we covered it a bit last time, but I'm gonna say so. And, and like, why do you repot a plant? Like, mm, yeah. Wow. So I, I sort of I sent a little article, and I agree with almost all of it of of why you <laughs> want to do it and what are the benefits of it. And how do you know um, it's time to do it too? Right. I mean, there's there's some people that are not sure um, on that. Yeah, right? when you see it oozing out of the pot. It's probably a good idea, but the the main reason, like five reasons to repot your indoor plants, like fresh soil, so mm-hmm. you want to give it a good nutrient boost, similar to our caller earlier, Angela, um, had her big philodendron there, needed to, it is, they run out of nutrients in there, For so sure. they need a, a bit of a boost, and, and you will see a big difference in that when you, and, uh, and go, I like to go a couple sizes bigger. I know a lot of people just go when they're buying a pot, something they just go one size. I, I, I tend to go two sizes bigger, but because um, I don't want to do it right away. Because once you get that thing healthy, they just take off and they fill up that pot again, right? Yeah, and you're a green thumb though too, right? We have, we have to. Well, somewhat, has to, right? Well, you yeah. are. You're a green thumb. Yeah, it's okay. No, to call I'm, you I'm fortunate. I have I'm connected with my plants for sure, and uh, yeah. So and, that's the other thing too, is because I I mean we try and I, I a lot of people like to when they're repotting or even with a first time plant they want to know what they can put it in and they want to go to the end pot size. So say a six inch pot and a fourteen inch, you know. So, uh, six yeah, that's inch, a right? little bit hard. That's almost too big. I know we had those. Uh, we had some of those uh, Thai constellations in some too big a pot. I end up taking them out of it. And I moved them into smaller pots. It was just mm-hmm. taking too long. Um, they weren't using up the moisture, weren't using up anything, and they're just kind yeah. of sitting there. Yeah. So, and and that's the problem when you go too much. They just they can rot away. You get this little plant sitting in there and it's not using everything up. <laughs> and yeah, it takes can't dry out. Yeah. 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 So. So when you say so, a couple sizes, Merle, what do you mean? Like, so if I go from a, if I have it in a four inch, I'll go to a six inch pot. Right. Yeah, I would do or the same. Or six to an eight, eight to ten, yeah. ten to twelve. I see. Um, and and that uh, Angela did send a picture back, and it was a fourteen inch, and I said to go like to a twenty. On certain ones like this, when you get into the bigger plants, you're mm-hmm. able to jump up bigger. Agreed. And where where you struggle, you can't go from a two to an eight so much. Um, but if you're going from a 14 to a 24, the diameter when you get that big, it isn't that much of a different size of pot actually when you when you just put them beside each other um but a big plant like that can take up that and you're not going to worry about it root rotting or yeah. anything like that it's going to use up the moisture it's going to fill that pot in um i think of some um our friend brandy who we sent some monsters out to bc with her um we put them in some bigger pots but they filled the her pots up like unbelievable and they have a super sunny location mm. and her monster so like we could have almost went like eight sizes bigger really and and they'll do better yeah That's so where awesome. are we at for time yeah we got a little bit of time so the main reason you want to uh, repot into plants you want fresh soil um better watering mm-hmm. so that way the water just doesn't run right through it and you're actually able to absorb some of it and keep some of the nutrients within the soil it's huge yep um, room to breathe, <laughs> give it some new growth. So again, sort of the nutrients, the water, 
all that um, will tie in, and then you're going to get nice new growth from it, which is nice. Uh, and then sometimes you also want to do it just to um, stabilize it or straighten them out too, because sometimes yep. they grow crooked. And then when you transplant it, you can you can make it nicer that way. And also one of the big thing is uh, I like this little heading on this one that said divide and conquer, so that we get all the little plant babies. So when you pull it out, you can. I know I took a bunch out of my office. I took them down to Lisa and Jess on on last Wednesday or Thursday. Some yeah. of my sense of area, and oh, they were uh, okay. So they're gonna pull them apart. There's like eight of them in these little pots. So they're going to, to uh, divide them up and. Uh, oh, and awesome! Up, so. I did see that down yeah. there, but yeah, that's absolutely true. There's so many of them that you can do that with. Actually, then it's not super complicated with a lot of those. Absolutely. And yeah. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Let's Talk Gardening and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's trusted year round full service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And Jen and I got you covered here for the next uh, 40 minutes till the end of the show. Um, welcome back, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. And what else are we going to talk about? We're going to, let's go to, we'll do a few texts. We sort of, I got that list we, I sent you earlier, but let's do a few more texts. And if you'd like okay. to join us, we do have, uh, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Um, you can also text in any of your pictures of your plants or anything that's looking good or bad. If you need some help, we'd uh, love to help you out. All right. Good morning, Merle. Happy New Year to you and everyone at Spruce. Thank you so much. How often should I fertilize my indoor plants in the winter uh. or year-round? And with what kind? Well, there's a few different kinds, yeah, that you want. Like if, if, you, if you have some plants that blooming um, – or you, if you want, like, um, you, you'll have to use, like, a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number. Um, but a good all-purpose, like the 2020 is one of my favorite fertilizers. It covers all your bases, right? It has enough of the nitrogen to keep it nice and lots of growth, lots of the middle number, the phosphorus for blooming, and then the last number, sort of the all-around, It's uh, there's enough of it in there. So good all-purpose, 2020, or... A lot of people love the Rage Plus. Um, we have a few <laughs> different kinds. What, what show do you are? You like the Rage? I do. I I'm you. a fan of the Rage. Yes. Although I wonder. So when you so Rage is a zero zero six, right? And then we were just yeah, it's organic. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's different. So and this is always the confusing part. Um, with the Rage Plus, you're more feeding the soil. It's sort of like a super compost in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it's it's bringing your soil to life. It's activating your plant to to regenerate. Um, it, it's it's a phenomenal product. It is, and it works good. But you can't use them both in conjunction, um, right? Because the organics and the synthetic, like with the with the other ones, that they don't work well together. And you kind of, if you use the synthetic with your rage, you'll end up it almost it it'll knock back the effects of the rage. So hmm. um, you're better to stick with with one or the other. And and looking at your numbers and depending on what you're doing, but for good all purpose, um, just a houseplant fertilizer, like I said, twenty 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 is great. Order the Rage Plus once a month is more than enough. 
Um, and I like to do it once a month and then just gives them a little, little pop, you know, enough to, <laughs> to, to just give it a little bit a little to, to live on. Yeah. 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 And, I, uh, do you, do you, so that's what you do once a month with your 2020, you said? Yeah. 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 I'm, I use rage. Um, I'd say probably once a month, maybe a little bit more. It depends. And then I, I kind of increase the dosage going into the warmer months in the active growing season. But I Absolutely. know right even now there's so many plants that are still growing, putting out new, new, uh, leaves uh, all I'm over the place. Tons of new growth. Yeah. yeah. Which is, and you'll tend to get more, um, when you, when you, um, when you do fertilize and as their days get longer, which they already are, which is nice. And yeah. uh, we'll start noticing that in the next little bit. We'll start mm-hmm. getting a little bit more longer days, which is actually really nice. So we'll get that. And uh, But you definitely need to feed. Um, but and the only other ones like azaleas, um, right. lemons. Um, what about like jasmine hibiscus. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, they all like the 30-10-10. Yeah. Like they prefer the higher nitrogen, a little more acidic evergreen fertilizer or if you have a norfolk island pine like they prefer the 30 10 10 mm-hmm. and and they can fertilize with that i do try to keep it simple and we've really we've gotten rid of a ton of fertilizers we still have a fair different like some different brands but i've really tried to get rid of so many because they're really the right. same product and they just put a different name on it yeah. so i just tried to get sort of our three the start like the 10 52 10 um, 15, 30, 15, 30, 10, 10, and 20, 20, 20. Those <laughs> ones got all your bases covered. It's like another language, um, hey? It is. Yeah. But anyways, but we got to take a break. Um, we're at the end of this half hour. Okay. And when we return, we, we have a few other tips on, um, we're going to get that amaryllis reblooming. Uh-huh. And then we also have uh, some trends and some different things to, and maybe you want to hear your gardening resolutions. You can either text or, or call us at 403-974-8255. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Starting tomorrow, fully vaccinated Albertans who test positive for COVID-19 will only have to isolate for five days, down from 10. Unvaccinated people will still have to isolate for 10 days. BC Premier John Horgan marked the end of 2021 with a statement acknowledging it was an exceptionally challenging year for BC farmers. Last year saw drought, wildfires, extreme flooding, and now bone-chilling cold. Egyptian officials are pushing for Israel and Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip to rein in hostilities and adhere to a ceasefire. Their efforts this morning come a day after Hamas militants launched rockets into the Mediterranean Sea off central Israel, prompting Israel to carry out airstrikes on militant positions in the Gaza Strip. Sunny in one degree, cooling to minus 8 this afternoon, cloudy and minus 18 overnight, minus 23 tomorrow. It's zero. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I have Jen Lemire with me. Good morning, Jen. Welcome back. After the break, maybe Jen's not there. There she comes. There she is. (laughs) Um. We do have a couple callers that we'll go to here. I got one more quick 
text here. Happy New Year to you all. How in the world am I going to transplant this one <laughs> from Karen? It's oh. this huge syngonium. I love it. Ooh. Like, so what you can do, Karen, and this is one that you could actually cut it back if you if you wanted to transplant it because it definitely looks like it needs it. This thing's like uh, just a massive. So I would I would just take the top third off. It's going to look a little bit ratty for a bit, but if you wanted to start some new ones, that's an easy plant to propagate as well. So at some of those nodes, you could just clean that up, transplant it, put it into a nice pot, and then let it just regrow. Um, from there, and that'd be a really easy way to do it. And it's a good time to prune your your some of your house plants if you're looking at doing it at the same time as when you uh, you do your transplanting. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to go to Vic. Vic's on the line. Good morning, Vic. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help you today? I'm interested in how you propagate. Uh, nut trees like hazelnuts. Hmm. Um, you, so you can do it once you, if you're able to ever get them to fruit. Just so most a lot of the fruit trees, and I'm not 100 percent on the hazelnut. We we have them in shrub form um, uh-huh. that we sell at the store. Um, a lot of them, a lot of the fruit trees that are grown in Canada are all grafted onto a hardy rootstock because a lot of the fruit trees just won't survive in our area so uh-huh. like apples and pears and and cherries they're typically most of them are all grafted onto like a, a hardy crab apple root um so that way they're able to survive our winters and that uh-huh. so from a from a hazelnut typically you would you would start it if you're able to get the seed and then you would have to um harvest the seed let them dry out and then and then plant the seed of that if you're going to do it that way. Okay, yeah, no, I I'm talking about the wild nuts we've got here. Um, they, they, I, they're obviously growing here without without being propagated like that. I just wondered how. Yeah, and you and it's a hazelnut, you think, or yeah, yeah, well, Gilbert type, type type of nut. Okay, um, if you're able, if you're if you're getting those to grow like that, and how big are the are the nuts that you're seeing on there? The, the size isn't the same size as the commercial nuts, but no, they taste better. <laughs> yeah, and are they reseeding themselves? Are, are they propagating themselves in the ground? Yep. Or yeah, That's okay, what so doing. Then, yeah, so then. That's going to be fairly easy. Then you're you're lucky. I don't you don't you don't see that a lot. So that's great. You're having that success um, in there. So basically, you can harvest the seeds the same way. And if you want to start them in pots, um, early spring, like in March, April, get them going, move them outside, and then transplant them outside at that point. Oh, excellent, excellent. I just thank you very much, and a happy new year. Aww. Happy new year to happy you as new well. Year. Thank you. Thanks, Vic. All right, let's go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Morning. Good, good morning, guys. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year to you as well. <laughs> it's been a while. It has been a while. How are you, Merle? I'm doing great. Good. How can we help it's you? Good. Well, I'm calling about a couple of things here. First of all, I've got, um, well, I don't know if you remember this, but yeah. Norfolk Norfolk pine. I'm like, remember I had that fig tree issue. I went yeah. through all that with you guys. And then um, 
And then I've got this Norfolk pine. Do you remember when I was out there and you helped me get that really big pot for it to yeah. transplant it? And we rolled it inside and I bought it and I transplanted it. And it's doing really well. And my question is, it um, when I repotted it, because it's huge, I should send you a picture actually, but <laughs> it's, it's massive and it, I've got a really great big bedroom and that's where it is in front of an east window. And it's doing really well. And that's the one that had those galls on it. Do you remember that, Marilyn? Yeah, totally, yeah. Okay. Um, How do I... Well, two things. It has shifted in the pot. Like when I transplanted it, it, um, you know, it was pretty well centered. But now it's all... It's shifted to one side. So like I have, I think, um, like seven, seven... Um, trunks, I guess you would call yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're pretty skinny, of course, but, but, and they've all shifted to the one side. And I've rotated this Norfolk in the window over the years. And I mean, it's doing fine. So I'm guessing I should just leave it alone. But I, and my qu- second question would be, how do I, um, how do I, how do I cut it back so it doesn't keep growing? So big. <laughs> and, and that's the hard part, I right? I don't want to hurt it. Like, I don't want to yeah. stop it. Yeah, you won't hurt it, but they're not really, like, it's just the same with topping a big spruce tree outside. Mm-hmm. Like, once you once you do that, like, you can keep them contained at a certain height, but you'll have to do it every time because when you if you do prune it at the top, it'll send out three or four more new leaders, right? So you'll have to just mm-hmm. sort of keep on it. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get it okay. to your desired height, and um, we just did a big hedge out in Banff at a at a historic home out there, and our pruning crew went out there. This they have this hedge of all these big spruce trees. They're about ten feet high, but it's just something that has to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It becomes a maintenance thing, Wendy. Okay. So on on that one, and they're big. Like they like the Norfolk Island pine. Like when they get mm-hmm. big, like their their branches are wide, mm-hmm. and, and actually. Hey, Jen, we should almost experiment with one. We have a few little ones in the store. Mm-hmm. We should, we're going to, we'll, we'll transplant some in the store and I'll, I'll try to shear them and see what, how they react <laughs> to that. Okay. Like just sort of see if we could shape them. Cause it'd be interesting. Cause I think if they were sheared a bit, mm-hmm. um, they could actually make a, a better house plant because that's the only deterrent from them. Once once yeah. they root in and get going, yeah. they get big. Like yeah. they get wide too. They have big floppy wings on them. Like they look <laughs> like a big stork wings, right? Like they can just take off. No, that's so. a that's a good idea, Merle. Get Lisa to um, document it too in video or right as we go along. I'll let you yeah. guys be the guinea pigs then. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. No, it's funny because I thought maybe he had sent me pictures, but this one definitely doesn't sound to be as big. I just got another text. And just says, can I cut or should I, or let let the uh, Norfolk Ireland pine grow? And it is okay. this one has a bunch of little multi stems as well. But what one is taken off, and they all kind of shift. So Wendy, it's the same oh, as your Norfolk. Okay. Like they yeah. they tend to go off a root, and then they always tend to shift to one side. Oh, like, interesting. I don't know why they do that, but this one's doing the same. And when I'm just thinking mm-hmm. back of everyone I've had or. And mm-hmm. and looked okay. after or have grown. They've always tend to shift a bit. Okay. So, okay. Well, then I, I won't worry about that then. Um, but you and, can and, do it like when the new growth comes out the top. You can just cut, like just wait for the new growth, Wendy, and then just yeah. pinch the new growth off. Yeah. And if you if you're getting maxed out on your height. 
Ja, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> no, that sounds good. Can I ask you one other thing here while I have you on the phone? Well, first of sure. all, I'm a fan of Rage Plus. I use it all the time. Mm. I, I love it on all my plants. Um, I've got. I, I was going to call in the other the other week when you had Myrna Pierman on, because yeah. I'm a bird lover. I don't know if you know that about me, Merle, but I love my birds. And we all do. Okay. <laughs> and and what is going on here is I have an apple tree out back. I live in a, I live in a townhouse. We're not supposed to be feeding birds, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've got the suet hanging in the apple tree, and it, it and I've got woodpeckers. I've got the northern flickers out here, like all and you know little chickadees. I got everything. I love it. And and, and um, but what I'm finding with that tree, it's getting damaged from the woodpecker. Yeah, you get sometimes the yellow-bellied <laughs> sapsucker is a different one too. Are they getting straight holes in it, like holes in the bark? Um, I'm not seeing. Like I haven't gone, but I'm sitting here looking at it, and there's strips of bark that are that are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's that fun. might not be the probably not probably not from the woodpecker. That could be something okay. else, like either. A Typically, with the woodpeckers, they'll go okay. in and just pull the bugs out of the crevices yeah. or cracks. I was thinking, or, okay, well, maybe it's or you'll else. see, yeah, or you'll see the, yeah. I would say if they're stripping the bark, it's probably either a porcupine or deer, rabbit, or depending on the well, height. We get the deer up here a lot because I live along yeah. Fish Creek here. So, um, my yeah. guess would be it'd be something else that would be doing that. Or okay. if you see rows of little holes, like in a straight row, that's okay. the yellow-bellied sapsucker. It gets in there and okay. it just pokes holes. But they tend to go after birch. and But they will do yeah. apples. I've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Um, they love hawthorns. And they, they can cause a bit of a mess in the in the skin of, mm-hmm. the, of the tree as well. Because I know this tree was not... Like, I don't know what type of apple it is. It's got white blossoms on it. And every other year I get the blossoms. Last year I did not get the blossoms. I'm going to see what happens this year. Um, but it, but it did not look good last year either. The leaves were starting to curl. Like it, so maybe yeah. there is something really else. It, probably, going on when here. I would, when you want, make sure you give it some food. Like those need a good, when they get older, they do need to get fed, like 15, 30, 15. Um, and ensure that they get good water early spring and especially through the heat because they're trying to produce their blooms. They're producing fruit, leaves. They got so much going on. They just need that good, good, slow, deep watering. Yeah. And I, I do that, but I'm not like, I'm not doing the fertilizing thing. We've got landscapers that come in here and do their thing, but I really want to probably not feeding those properly like that. No, I know. I agree. We need you guys right. in here. FYI. Actually, <laughs> okay. give us a shout. Mark would love to let Mark would love to be able to help you guys out. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, you guys. And thanks, all the Wendy. Best. Okay. Oh, yeah, bye. Happy New Year. Bye. All right. And we're a little bit past our break. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I do have Jen Lemire with me. And you can typically find her and Jess and Lisa down in the tropical section at mm-hmm. Spruce It Up. Be Welcome back. back, Jen. Thank you. And we do have another caller that we'll go to right now. We're going to go to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Tom. Hello. How are you doing? I'm We're great. Doing great. How can we help you? <laughs> I'm just wondering. We've got... Uh, an older crab apple tree 
And about two weeks before Christmas, I noticed it was sending out some buds. And I'm just wondering um, wow. what what what's going on and and what effect might that have on its production next year? It, it, it's somewhat normal. Like it, it, what they do is they they this swell up, and a lot of times I get a lot of calls. Like the lilacs do it. Um, a lot of times you'll see a crab apple, apple trees, they'll kind of swell a bit. It won't come out anything, like it won't push um, this cold, set those back in. Um, just ensure that early spring that you water it really well, and uh, and then you should be totally fine, Tom. And again, fertilize 15, 30, 15. That early watering, early season is really important, like a soaker hose around it, because that's when they rehydrate and they fill all that new new foliage and blooms and then producing some fruit so they become pretty heavy feeders right away early spring so okay but i think you're fine it's just when you look at them they probably done it in the past as well um but you'll see like i'm looking out right now at my schubert's and they're the 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 buds look like they're swelling a couple on the aspens and and they kind of get furry looking on your apples a little fuzzy yeah little that's that's all yeah, it's all pretty normal. That's just sort of their their thing. They're, that just a good healthy bud that's just evolving through winter, getting ready to uh, to pop in the spring. But I wouldn't worry too much about it, Tom. I'll uh, but I would just make sure you just mark in your calendar if you can early early May, uh, mid April. Start giving them that. Put the soaker hose around it. Give it some good water, and that's one of the biggest things that uh, we 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 need to do to our trees as they grow bigger in our landscapes is ensuring that they get that early water and uh, to rehydrate and then throughout the summer. And then again, in the fall, again, we had a really dry fall. Like we, we had no snow cover wet Jen until almost mm-hmm. mid December. Yep. Crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We still, still don't really have snow cover out here. Yeah. Maybe two inches, but yeah, we got a little bit more in the city here. We're sitting about four to six sort of thing, but not, with not a ton so um so those are the that's what does the most harm especially for trees that aren't native to our area like apples and and different things they just need to be watered in really well and especially going into the winter time and then first thing in the spring because that's when they rehydrate do their thing good fertilizer after you water and then you should be good tom i wouldn't worry okay sounds real good awesome all right thank you thank you All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take another break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I got Jen with me here. Hey, Jen, got a quick question for you here. And... There we go. uh, Hey, Jen. Hello. Uh, I've got a quick question for you. I got, you know, Dwight, he comes in and visits us in the garden center. Sure. He sent in a, he sent in a note. He said, happy new year. Aww. And, and he goes, I started saving water from my fish tank and giving it to my plants. What are your thoughts on this? Oh, hmm. well, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, 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 like, I don't think it's going to do any harm because a lot of that aquaponics are growing. I was out um, at the sprung uh, structure place out in High River, yeah. and they have a greenhouse out back there, and they're growing all their plants in the greenhouse with with aquaponics. 
Um, so with the water from the from the fish tanks that they have growing there, then they also sell the fish. Um, but really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just I'm not too sure like what the ratios. I think if you're just saving the water, it's kind of I don't. It's not going to hurt it, Dwight. But also, yeah, but clever, Dwight. I mean, that's awesome. Dwight's got a, a green thumb as well, but um, I think that's very clever too. Good job. I mean, yeah, I I'd love to hear how it's going. Yeah, I, what I would think it's it's going to add the nutrients. It's sort of like a fish fertilizer, like the the fish and that are pooping in the water and all yeah. that stuff and yeah. doing their thing. And so, and they always say that that's sort of good for it. But I think uh, you'd have to be careful if you're using it all the time to water into your soil that you're not creating that bacteria or the fungus gnats or sort of stuff like that. That would be my mm-hmm. only. Um, my only worry about that kind of thing. So, right, huh? Good yeah. job, Dwight. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and also got one more quick one. It says hi, my, my lime tree produced lime. When I cut, there are sprouted seeds inside. How do I grow them? Well, that that's great. That's and that's you see that I've seen it quite a bit with tomatoes, but I haven't heard about it with with the with the limes. And what is it? What's going on? Uh, uh, a lime tree and the seeds inside the lime are actually sprouting huh. inside the the fruit. So yeah. basically what you can do is just just pull those out and just pull that apart a bit. Or if, if, if it's already sprouted, I would just plant that right into soil and it'll just grow. I got, I think I started five or six They're at in my office window, a little lemons that I produce for my lemon tree. Oh, and yes, uh, did. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and actually, we do have one caller on here. Our last one for this show. We're going to go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Hi, Janet. Morning, and happy New Year to you both. Um, we happy got New Year for to Christmas, you as well. We got for Christmas an orchid, but unfortunately, with the weather, it's frozen, and so we got it, and the the little bell-shaped flowers are all drooping and dead. So, what can we do with this orchid that froze? Like, uh, is all the foliage turning black as well? Like, did it freeze, like, freeze yeah, solid? Yeah, the, the flowers froze. The leaves seem green um, at the bottom. But it, it just sort of was wilty and limp when we got it for Christmas, Christmas Day. And then it since just died. So my husband cut off half of the stem. We're just not sure what else to do. Do we... Yeah. Jen, like I think it should be fine. I wouldn't cut the stem off. I would just pull those old blooms off, okay. and you maybe hopefully it just got a f- touch of frost like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And typically, and a lot of people do that. They'll cut the stems off when they're done blooming. We always leave them on because that's it'll rebloom like four or five times at least on that same old stock. So okay, I now, think just. Thing- Treat it like a regular orchid and just sort of see if it comes back. If As long as the foliage didn't go black. Hey, Jen? Yeah, I totally agree. The foliage, you can always check the roots as well, which probably are fine based on the description that you're giving. Yeah, the roots seem okay. They're at the bottom, though. They're kind of outside of the pot, but they yeah. seem okay. That's um, normal. We, yep. we got with it a little card that says just add three cubes a once a week is that a good this adding yeah, ice cubes, ice cubes. Does, that, does that work yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I've, I've just actually read a thing yesterday on this orchids guy who's a specialist, and that's how he does it. And it's just a good way that you won't overwater or underwater, per se. If you just give it that, the ice cubes melt, it gives it enough water, you're not going to be soaking it too much. And okay. it's a, just a good, consistent amount of water for it. So, Okay, so it's going to bloom from where the dead flowers were. Yeah, just pull those off, leave the stick. And okay. you'll see it'll 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 probably do it fairly quickly for you because it, it kind of probably went into a bit of a shock, so it kind of thinks I need to rebloom. So just put okay. it in a nice bright warm window, um, not okay. right up against the glass, but just so it's in a good bright spot, mm -hmm. nice and warm, and okay. you should be good. And fertilize. Yes, wait? fifteen thirty fifteen is great for that. Okay, thank you. Alrighty, thank <laughs> you so much, much Janet. All Bye. right. All right, and then to everybody, um, we're going to be gone for a couple weeks. Um, I'm taking a little vacation, so we're going to be broadcasting the show from our friends up in Edmonton, and I know they do a great job. They're from the Greenland Garden Center up there awesome. on 630 Ched. So they're going to be here uh, broadcasting for a couple weeks. So all the best to everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks, Jen. Happy, Happy New, Year New Year to you. Thanks, Merle. And uh, – to everybody out there, we'll be here in three weeks getting our garden on right back on 770 CHQR.